Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Lord, we thank you for making way for us to be here tonight. We know, Lord, that when we gather in this way, in your name, you are with us, O oh God. Therefore, Spirit of God, as you began with us, may you finish with us. Amen. Speak through me and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, you may be seated. Somebody was trying to clap for Jesus. It was, a, it was a good attempt. I don't know. Well, now that sounds like people who can inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. Wonderful. Amen. Well, um, for a short time, I guess... Um, I intended to continue with a message, a series of messages that we've been sharing for some time now, and um, um, we want to continue, and we just want to just bring you up to date so you can flow with us. Amen. Amen. So we've been sharing about fighting the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Faith is a good thing. Amen. Amen. And to fight for faith is a good thing. Hallelujah. We've been sharing in this church that um, there are different kinds of fight. There are so many kinds of fight that we fight. And we went through different kinds of fight and we realized that they are not good fight. We said there is what? What kind of fight did we talk about? We talk about marital fights. We talk about couples who fight. And we said that most times there's one winner in this particular fight. Now, the end result is not pleasant, but usually one winner, and it's usually the woman. The woman, because this type of fight involves a lot of words, and um, women are good with words. Amen. We also talk about political fight, and we say people fight for power, people fight to be in control, and people fight for different reasons. Hallelujah. We talk about professional fight. People who box, they will fight you physically. Amen. And we also talk about economic battles, economic fight, that a lot of us fight in this life. Amen. We also talk about what? Civil fight or civil wars where you find trouble, Groups fighting each other. Amen. Amen. We talk about a fight for human rights also. People fight for human rights. They fight that um, a man will marry a man or a woman will marry a woman. That is somebody's fight. Somebody's, and somebody makes it his lifetime fight. Fighting that you will get a right to marry a man. Amen. And we also talk about physical fight where people use strength to determine an issue or determine a case or resolve issues. Amen. And we see people fight with all their zeal. you find people take their clothes off. Even women can take all their clothes off to let you know how serious they are about this fight. Hallelujah. But we said a lot of these fights do not benefit us. And the scriptures do not encourage us to fight these kind of fights. But the scripture encourages us to fight some particular fight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we read a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. 
Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. This fight is good fight. The fight of faith is good fight. Hallelujah. Now, oftentimes, it is not a kind of fight that we embark on. We don't put all of our energy fighting for faith. Is it true? Yes. Now, oftentimes, the things that we do not see, we don't take them seriously. When our eyes cannot see something, we don't take them seriously. Hallelujah. Oftentimes, the things that significantly affect our lives are the things that we cannot see. Do you believe that? Yes. The things that affect our lives significantly, we usually cannot see them. Now, the unfortunate thing with us human beings is that unless we can see it, unless we can see something, we don't take it seriously. Or unless we can touch it, we don't take it seriously. Isn't that true? Or even unless we can smell it. Even if we can smell it, it's good enough. We can tell that it is there. You see, as you are sitting here, you don't believe that there is air. You are breathing. You are not even conscious of it. But the moment the, 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 the smell of the air changes, you become conscious of it. You see, and that is how we are. Unless we can feel or smell or touch or see, we don't take them seriously. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there is a part in a hospital where you find very, very sick people. Very sick people. You know, they are called critically ill people. And they keep them in a place called intensive care unit. It means they give them intensive care. It means they are on the verge of dying. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, this place, you see all kinds of people dying and at all age groups. Sick people dying at all age groups. And, I mean, I have the privilege of working in a place like that. And I have not seen throughout my career that somebody died in one of these intensive care units out of um infestation of lies, for instance. Do you know lies? What are lies? I'm not talking about you tell a lie. <laughs> Amen. You know, lies are small, small animals that you can find in your hair or any place where you can grow hair. Do you understand? Now you'll be amazed where people have lies. People do have lies. Please, don't let me go there. I just said you'll be amazed where people have lies. You know, and I've never seen anyone died because he has lies manifestation, at least in my short period, uh, in my short career. I've not seen that. Or I've not seen someone died because you have infestation of scabies. Scabies are also another, it's a white man's lies. Do you understand? I think um, if you see them, you understand what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. But what I've seen that kills people, what kills people are microorganisms. Microorganisms that your eyes cannot see. I have seen such things that the eyes cannot see kill people. They get them in their bloodstream and they die. They die within a short time. Even young people, they can die from such things. Things that your naked eyes cannot see. Amen. So you, re you realize you are oftentimes encouraged to wash your hands often. You know, you are encouraged to wash your hands when you shake people, like you have shaken people's hands. You are encouraged to wash your hands. And you are encouraged, for instance, when you come out of the train, Wash your hands. Do you know why? Because it is believed or we think that there are microorganisms even on your friend's hand. 
Check your friend's hand and see. Let me see some microorganisms. Check, check, check. Amen. You see, we believe there are microorganisms on people's hands. So you'll find that sometimes people have things in their pockets that they wash their hands with. I have seen this homeless guy on the train. And he is very, very filthy, very, very dirty. But he carries a bottle of hand sanitizer this size in his pocket. And each time he comes in a train, he's far, he has some odor around him and you know his presence. But his hands, he doesn't play with them. <laughs> it's amazing. I see his nails are very dirty, but his hands are very clean. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, people are encouraged to wash their hands even when you handle money. You handle money, wash your hands. If you are selling in the store, you are not encouraged to take the money and at the same time give out the food. So you find good restaurants, good places. They have special type of gloves to prepare the food and they take them off and then they take the money from you. They are making you conscious of certain things now, right? But you see, as much as we advise people to wash their hands, clean their hands, sanitize their hands, and do this, people don't take them seriously. You see people shake friends' hands, they can shake 10 people's hands, and then you give them food right now, they will take it and eat it. Because they don't see it. There's nothing on their friend's hands. It's just my friend. There is nothing on his hand, and so they don't take that seriously. They don't wash their hands. Isn't that so? Yes. So if you say to a person... Wash this person's, wash your hands because you shook this person's hands. They don't take that seriously. Or if I say, wash your hands because this person has bacteria in his hands, you wouldn't believe me. But if I say, wash your hands because he has lice, he has lice. And then you see, you take a look and you see his white shirt and you see lice. I bet you're going to stay away from that person. You will stay away from that person. Or I say, this person has scabies. And then you see them crawling. Or I say, this person has a lot of roaches. And sometimes you see roaches in his jacket, in his coat pocket. You will not sit next to that person. Even if you hear that on the fourth train, there are bed bugs. I bet you will not take the train. You will take the bus to the five train and take that. You see, not even knowing that there are bacteria also on a fire train, but you can't see them. So they don't bother you. Do you understand? So they don't bother you. Amen. But one thing that is certain is that whether you believe that there are bacteria on the hand or not, whether you can see it or not, it will affect you, and it can make you sick, and it can kill you. Amen. Whether you believe it or not, whether you see it or not, now such are spiritual things. You can't see spiritual things. You can't feel them. You know, sometimes you want to really feel it to see that this thing is really there. So you want that when they lay hands on you, you want to feel something that some electricity flew through you. How many of you have wanted that feeling? You have wanted to feel that when they touch me, I should feel some electricity to know that there is power that has come. You see, the Bible says that when the woman with the issue of blood, when she saw Jesus, she went out of faith and she touched the hem of her garment. The Bible does not talk about how that she felt that virtue has gone out into her. But Jesus felt that virtue has gone out of him. Amen. Because she went by faith. She went by faith. And at the touch of her garment, she was healed out of faith. See, now the thing about spiritual thing is, whether you believe it or not, it will affect you. 
Whether you agree to it or not, it will affect you. Amen. So you are better off believing that this person has bacteria and it can affect me. Or this person has virus and it can affect me. Amen. Even though you can see it. Even though you cannot feel it. Even though you can't touch it. Or even though you can't smell it. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So spiritual things are not intended for you to see, are not intended for you to feel, are not intended for you to touch, but they are intended that you will have faith that they are there. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. For this reason we faint not. But though our outward man perish, though our outward man perish, though our outward man feels tired, though our outward man feels like giving up, Though our outward man is perishing, we are come and we have come and we are tired. We have prayed and prayed and we are tired. We have sung and sung and we are tired. We are sweaty. For how long? Though our outward man perish, yet, yet, the inward man is renewed day by day. Therefore, we faint not. We can't see the inward man. But as this outward man is perishing, as we are fatiguing this outward man, as we are staying up all night praying and we feel tired and we feel broken, as we are rising up at dawn to pray and the outward man seems to be perishing, yet the inward man that we do not see is renewed and is growing day by day. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we are conscious of the outward man because the outward man feels. The outward man can touch. The outward man can smell. The outward man can feel tired. So we are conscious of the outward man. Hallelujah. So it says, for our light affliction, for our light affliction, This light affliction that we will be tired, this light affliction of sleeplessness that we will lose some sleep, this light affliction of setting ourselves aside that we are not eating and fasting and we are hungry for this light affliction which the outward man feels. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you this evening? He says, for our light affliction, which is for but a moment. It is for a moment. Oh, men did it. It is for a moment. This light affliction, for what we see, for what we touch, and what we feel, it is for a moment. It worketh for us a far exceeding and eternal way of Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For this light affliction, for what we feel in the body, for the sweat, for the tiredness, it is working for us a far, you know, let me tell you. You see, it says that the physical, the things that you feel and touch, The bacteria that you don't see, 
they affect you more than the lies that is on your skin will affect you. But you see, you take lies seriously. You take scabies on your skin seriously. If you were to see scabies or lies on you, I bet you will run to your doctor immediately. You will, you will bleach your skin. You will wash your skin with bleach for about a week. Amen. But if I tell you that there's bacteria in your hair, you're not going to wash your hair. Because you cannot see. You cannot see. But the things that you cannot see, they are the ones that seriously affect you. Amen. They are the ones that will affect you seriously. They are the ones that will kill you. I say, I have never heard that somebody died because they have lice in their hair or they have scabies on their skin. Amen. So he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, our focus is not on the things that are seen, but the things which we cannot see. Why? He says, because, that means for. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Therefore, the scripture says, fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. It is a good fight. I say, it is a good fight. And you ought to fight it. It is a good fight. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his... No, forgive me. I'm reading Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the wells were framed by the wells of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. He says, fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. It is a good fight. Hallelujah. Amen. The fight of faith is a good fight. Amen. Amen. The fight of faith is a good fight. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, there were people who looked up to this faith. They were expecting to receive something. They looked forward to something. They looked forward. They could not see it. Because it says, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. And it's the evidence of the things not seen. So God is saying, we should fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Are we going to fight the good fight of faith? It is that which affects our lives. The things that we cannot see, they are that which affect us. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Now, how do I know it's a good fight? God says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. When you fight the good fight of faith and you finish your course, what you'll be left with, it says, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. 
that is ultimately what will be left with you. If it, the fight is good, then ultimately you will keep the faith. Amen. Amen. You will keep the faith. So we went through few reasons why we must fight the good fight. Amen. And we said, that number one, we said to achieve success and victory in the faith. Hallelujah. We went through a lot of these things. We discussed a lot of these things. We said it, we will achieve success and victory in the faith. Now, what does it mean to achieve success? And what does it mean to achieve victory? And what does it mean to even fight a good fight? Now, if you have to fight the good fight of faith, that means that there's someone who is trying to fight you. Now, of course, you cannot fight all by yourself. It's not a fight. And you can obtain victory if there is no one who is fighting you. Isn't that so? So the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, it says Christians ought to be vigilant. Christians ought to be sober. Christians ought to be awake. Christians ought to be alert. You are in a good fight of faith. Then stay alert. Stay awake. It says be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he says, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is seeking whom he may devour. It's not everyone that the devil can devour. It's not everyone that the adversary can devour. Amen. Verse 9 says, he says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Resist. Look, there is someone who is seeking to take your faith away from you. You see, you do not see the value of faith. But there is someone who knows the value of faith. There is someone who sees the value of faith. And he wants to, by all means, take the faith out of you. So he says, even as the word comes, he says, there will arise persecution because of the word. There will arise persecution. Just as you are hearing there will be persecution because of the word. Because there is someone who understands and who knows the value of having faith. There is someone who knows the value when you are increasing faith. It is a good fight. Beloved, it is a good fight. It is worth putting the outward man under oppression. It is worth putting the outward man under tiredness. It is worth running to make the outward man wicked. And as this outward man is perishing, that which you do not see, it is renewed day by day. Amen. Hallelujah. It is renewed day by day. Amen. Amen. So he says, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. All over, every Christian, every Christian is under attack. All of your brethren, if you are a Christian, then your faith is under attack. So, so, so when you decide that I am tired and I cannot rise up to pray, I am too tired this morning and I can't wake up to pray, understand that your faith is under attack. And the scripture says, Fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. It sounds so ordinary that you chose to, oh, I think all my clothes are dirty and I think this Sunday is the only Sunday that I have off and I'm going to choose to do my laundry today. And it sounds so ordinary. But beloved, rise up and fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Bible says it's a good fight. It's a good fight. And verse 10, it says, it says, But the God of all grace, who had called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that he has, ye have suffered a while. After that you have put this flesh under suffering for a while. After that, you have been tortured for a while. After that, you have felt tired for a while. He says, he will make you perfect. 
establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Fight the good fight of faith. I said, fight the good fight of faith. Tell your neighbor, fight the good fight of faith. Tell your neighbor, it is a good fight. It is a good fight. Say, I don't know about you, but I will fight. Can we read the scripture in the message version? 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Start it in, let's, let me read that in the message version. Look at that. It says, keep a cool head. Keep a cool head. In this fight, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised. The devil is poised. And will like nothing better than to catch you napping. The enemy is just waiting to see you taking a nap. Look, he's prepared to take away your faith. Benjamin, do you understand what I'm sharing? The enemy is ready to take your faith any minute. So, when you are in church, you know, sometimes you are in church and then you feel like urinating. You feel like urinating. Beloved, any time you are sitting and hearing the word of God and something comes in this flesh and make you feel something in this flesh that is ready to move you out of this place, understand that there is a word that is coming for you that is going to strengthen your faith. Fight it. Resist it. I say fight it. Resist it. Because your adversary, the devil, he's poised. He's poised. He's poised. Anytime, ready, any moment, he's ready to pounce. And you, I say, and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. The next verse, it says, keep your guard up. You are not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. It's the same all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. Keep a firm grip on the faith. Don't let that faith leave you. Keep a firm grip on the faith. Amen. Keep a firm grip on the faith. Verse 10. He says, the suffering won't last forever. This suffering won't last forever. You will not be tired forever. He says, it won't be long before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans there are, will have you put together and your feet for good. Hallelujah. He will put you together on your feet for good. Amen. He said, your adversary, he's poised. He's poised. Do you have my video? I asked somebody to prepare me a video. You don't have my video. Your adversary is poised. I was sharing with you how the adversary, you see, the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And it's not everyone that he can devour. It's not everyone that the enemy can devour. He is seeking whom he may devour. Whom can I take the faith from? Whom can I take the faith from? Amen. He saw the faith that was in Job. And he has tried him and tried him and tried him. And God knew that he had tried him. Because he says, have you not built a hedge around Job? The enemy knows that there is a hedge around you. The enemy knows that there is a supernatural covering over you. And he cannot touch you. He cannot take away your faith. Except that you give him place. Therefore, the scripture says, give him no place. 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 Amen. Give him no place. The enemy can come into you only if you give him place. So the scripture says in James 4 verse 7, it says, resist him. Resist him. And what would he do? You flee. That is his fight. If you resist him, 
he leaves you alone. Amen. Amen. But he's seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. Amen. And so I was giving you the analogy of these animal movies or documentaries where you will find that the, the, a lion is poised. Now the lion is the enemy to the deer. Do you understand? So you see that you see a head of deer together and you see somewhere far away that there is a lion poised. Poised. And the lion will never attack the head of deer. Will never attack. The lion can see even a baby deer, but he cannot attack that deer. What is the name of a baby deer? I think I'm I'm not teaching you English anymore. Amen. So you see, the lion will see a baby deer and he cannot attack it. Or he will not even make an effort to attack it. But he will lie down. The Bible says he's poised. Poised. He's ready to jump. And so he will wait and wait and wait and see the one that he can devour. He said, your adversary, he's poised. Waiting, just waiting to pounce on you. So he will wait and wait and wait and see the deer that will stroll away. The deer that will move from the head. Amen. So when you have chosen on a Sunday to do your laundry, it sounds like an ordinary thing that you are doing. I have chosen this Sunday or this Tuesday. I think I'm too tired. Now they say that we are going to the bronze church. The adversary, he is poised, ready to pounce on you. Ready to pounce on you. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. I have to salute my daddy. <laughs> Amen. Do you realize when your daddy walks in, you know? <laughs> Hallelujah. But your enemy, he is poised. The scripture says he is poised, ready to pounce on the one that he will catch doing what? Napping. The one that he will catch napping. So he will wait. The lion will wait and wait and wait and wait until he sees one that is just strolling, the one who chose to do his laundry or her laundry on Sunday. The one who chose to go to the market, to the bronze market to do her shopping on Sunday. The one who chose to go for that sale because it's only on Sundays. The one who chose to take that course. Now the course is only given on Sunday. Beloved, it is not ordinary. It is not just regular that the school just offered to give that one course only on Sunday. I say devices. The enemy has devices and he has every means to take you out. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. So he will wait and wait and wait until the day. Let me tell you, any time, any time you have an opportunity to join the assembly of the brethren and anything comes your way, feel pitiful for yourself. Feel pitiful and say to yourself, the enemy has gotten me. Say to yourself, the enemy has placed me in a place where he can pounce on me. Because he will wait and wait and wait and see the loner deer just stroll away. And you see, the environment looks so calm. It looks so harmless. You see, the wind is blowing and the leaves are just falling down and going back and forth and they are just grazing. So what if, if I just chose that day to do my grocery, just that, that one day? 
What if I just chose that day to just go for my shopping? It's just that one day. So you see that the, the, the deer will be grazing and then grazing the grass and just grazing the grass. But you see, the church is always there. So as the deer is grazing the grass and moving, occasionally he will lift the head and still see the group. And they are still there. They are all there. As for church, they are always there. As for church, it's always there. I will go. I will go. I will go to church. Next week is there. I will be there next week. Tuesday, the women have service. Reverend say is coming. How about Tuesday? I heard. So you see, it looks so ordinary. It looks so ordinary. And so he, the, the deer comes here and there's grazing and then every now and then you lift up your head. Oh, there will be more prayer meetings. There will be another camp. They are there. The church is not going anywhere. The group is going. The group is there. The group is there. And so you keep grazing. This Sunday. Now every other Sunday. Third Sundays. I will come once a month. And then you see you are going further and further from the group. And then suddenly. Suddenly. When you did not intend to lose your faith. The enemy pounds on you. You see the lion is there quietly. Waiting to see the one who will throw away. And then he will pounce on you. Look. The enemy saw that Job was in the center. Job was surrounded. He says, have you not built a hedge around him? Beloved, the hedge that is around you is your church. The hedge that is around you is your church. Beloved, the enemy comes to the father every time and says, I cannot touch this one because you have built such a church around him. He hears such messages. She hears these things. I cannot touch her. I cannot touch him because there is such a hedge around him. And I cannot touch him. I cannot touch her. And that is your fight. I said, that is your fight. I will fight the good fight of faith. I will always surround myself with a hedge. I will never come out of the hedge because he's just waiting for you to just come out of the hedge. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Is someone understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? So he says, resist him. Fight a good fight of faith. It is a good fight. It is a good fight. I say, it is a good fight. That I fought with you, and because of you, I am angry. I am not singing in a choir. That the, 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 the choir leader was talking to me like a little girl. Amen. Listen, anything, anything, anything that you will hear, Anything that someone will tell you, anything that someone will do to you, anything that you will experience that will make you not do any spiritual thing is a fight that is ready to take away your faith. It can be a conversation with a very good friend. If it is making you not doing any spiritual thing, it is intended to take away your faith. Anything that you will hear that will make you not want to come to church, it is prepared and it is poised to take away your faith. Therefore, fight it. When someone is talking to you and you hear a voice, a friend is talking to you and you are making a decision not to lead a song anymore, you are making a decision ah, not to do this thing anymore, Look at the person and say, I will fight you. I will resist you. I will oppose you. Because the Lord said, fight a good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. Fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. Hallelujah. So he says, resist him. He says, keep a cool head. Stay alert. Stay alert. The devil is poised. To pounce 
and will like nothing better than to catch you napping. Than to catch you napping. That is why when I am on a prayer line and I'm sleepy, I'll get up and I'll be walking. I say, I'll be walking and praying. I say, I'll be walking and praying. I will not let the enemy catch me napping. It says, for our light affliction, for our light affliction, for our light affliction, which is for but a moment, a worketh for us, a far and eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. Our time is up. And um, our time is up. So um, we, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Amen. So be, be sober. Be vigilant. Hallelujah. I said be sober. Be vigilant. If there is an all night prayer meeting, be sober and be vigilant. If there is a, a Tuesday meeting, be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, he is ready, ever ready to fight and to resist you. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap for Jesus? Wonderful. Amen. Wonderful. So we've said some of the reasons why we must fight the good fight is to fight for the things God has given you in his word. To fight for the things God has given you in his word. Hallelujah. And we said one of the things God has given us in his word is prosperity. God has given us prosperity in his word. Therefore, we have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Fighting the good fight of faith involves fighting for your prosperity also. Hallelujah. Being a Christian does not imply automatically that you are going to prosper. Just because you gave your life to Christ does not mean that you are going to prosper. Hallelujah. You have to fight the good fight of faith. God has given you his word that you will prosper, but you have to fight. Hallelujah. Have you not seen poor Christians before? I have seen a lot of poor Christians. But God wants you to prosper. John chapter 10 and verse 7. John chapter 10 and verse 7. John chapter 10 and verse number 7. You having a problem with your... Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So he says, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man entering, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Now we said Satan will not come after you if you don't have anything. Satan will not attack you if you don't have anything. If you don't have anything... He will not steal. What would he steal from you? Nothing. But once you have something, once you have something, once you have faith that by his word you are going to prosper, once you have faith that he says that your basket will be full and you believe it, he says because of that word, persecution will arise. Because of that word, they are not restful. Because of that word, the enemies can become restless. Because faith has come to you. And you are on your way to prosper. So he will fight you. Amen. He said persecution shall arise. And if you don't fight him, he will steal it from you. I said if you don't fight him, he will steal it from you. Amen. Adam and Eve were living like kings. They were living like kings. 
Hallelujah. I don't think we will have time to go through this, but I'll share this short one with you. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is, it which compassed the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bdellium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gishon. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hedekel, that is, which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, of, the man, commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Freely eat. Prosperous life. Freely eat. I said, when you have something, when you have something, the enemy will come after you. The enemy will not attack anyone who does not have anything. Amen. I said, the enemy will not attack you if you do not have anything. So verse 17... He says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And someone heard that. And someone who believes in the word took that seriously. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Beloved, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. So someone heard that. And someone took that word seriously and says, if this is all it would take to steal away from you, then we will go after it. So, chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Had God said that, and, and the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. God has said it. He just said it. You know, how God, uh, every time he comes around, he says a lot of things. You know, how that we come to church and we hear a lot of things. You know, it's one of the messages. It's one of the preaching. Beloved, fight the good fight of faith. The word of God is faith. Fight to keep it. Fight, resist the devil that seeks to take it away from you. I say persecution shall arise because of the word. Because of the word of prosperity, persecution shall arise. And it looks so ordinary. It looks so ordinary. He says, God has said we shouldn't eat it. You know, one of the messages, we went to church and then we heard that, that God was saying, for this tree, don't eat it. Because you will die. I mean, just eating the tree, you will die. So, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. I mean, look, you are strong. <laughs> can, can you see such a young woman just falling to die? Just because you ate? You shall not surely die. Amen. Amen. You shall not surely die. But you see, he didn't change and say that you will not die. Say you shall not surely die. 
For God had that know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her. And he also. He also. She came home. Adam! Adam! You can't believe this. You won't believe what I discovered today. You know, you know how, how we are with God. Come on. That God can really hide something right in our eyes like that. Do you know why he's such a wise God? He's been eating all that fruit by himself. He said, persecution shall arise. Now you see, for the Christian persecution, it's not the type of persecution that you feel that someone is fighting you and someone is persecuting you, someone is taking you to court and someone is bringing you down. It is that persecution that will make you say, I choose not to belong to this church anymore. It is that persecution. You see, when, when the hedge is around you and the enemy cannot devour you, when the hedge is around you and you are surrounded by such faithful men and women and he cannot devour you, he will bring the persecution in the center. And his goal is to get you out so that you'll be at the outskirts, so that he can devour you. So that he can devour you. And so you will hear, I heard you said this about me. Oh, did you know that the message was all about you? Did you know that all the message that they were talking about, everything was about the thing that you told him? And you who have, you, you who has, you have always been in the midst and suddenly you find yourself at the outskirts. But your enemy, like a roaring lion. I don't know why God compared the enemy to a roaring lion. And can somebody get me my video that I will show one day? That small clip. Do we have it? That small clip. Like a roaring lion. Poised. He says, as a result of the word. When there was nothing, when there was nothing, there will be no persecution. But when the word comes, when the word comes, when the word comes that you are going to prosper by eating all these fruits, you are going to do well, you are going to have this one, you are going to have that, you are going to have this, persecution will arise and it will attack the word that you heard. As a result of the word, as a result of what they heard, as a result of do not eat this fruit, persecution arose. And we cannot read all, but it took them out of prosperity. It took them. People who didn't need, they were wearing designer clothes. You never needed to take them to the dry clean. You can just dip yourself in water and it is clean. Wash and wear. They never needed to Take their clothes to dry cleaning. Suddenly they needed to shop. Suddenly they needed to find tailors. Suddenly they needed to make things. I said persecution will arise and it will take you out of prosperity. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Oh, he said, fight a good fight. Fight a good fight. The fight of faith is a good fight. The fight with your husband is not a good fight. The political fight is not a good fight. Tribal fight is not a good fight. That I am a guy, I am a shanty, I am an aware, it's not a good fight. He says, fight the good fight of faith. 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 
Oh, yes. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. He says, resist him. Resist him. Give him no place. Let him not come near you. Let him not speak to you. It can be through your friend. It can be through your husband. It can be through your wife. But give him no place. Be alert. Be sober. Let your antennas go up high. Oh, your adversary, the devil, yeah, is like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. Oh, I'm pressing on. Oh, yes. The upward New heights I'm gay. In every day. of Jesus. Build a hedge around us. Let the hedge never be broken. Father, let the hedge be visible to the eyes of the enemy. For he said of Job, have you not built a hedge around him? Have you not built a hedge around him? Let the hedge be built around us. Resist the enemy. We oppose the enemy. And Lord, may he flee from us. We thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again, you've not given your life to Jesus. If you were to die tonight, you don't even know where you are going. Or you are not certain of your salvation. 
Tonight the Lord is here to save. If that is your prayer, lift up your right hand and I'll say a short prayer with you. Anyone here? You want to come to Jesus? You say, I want to walk with Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my life. If that is your prayer, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, wherever you are, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. I am unworthy to be called your son or your daughter. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. Tonight, I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, why don't you put your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.